Greetings and welcome to Stamper Cinema. As always, I'm your host. My name is Andrew. Thank you very much for tuning in. And continuing along on our Ted Lasso recap, we are now moving into episode two of season two. This particular episode is entitled Lavender, directed by Declan Lowney, who directed the previous episode and a couple from the first season. Written, once again, by Jason Sudeikis, Bill Lawrence, and Brendan Hunt. The cast obviously includes Jason Sudeikis and Hannah Waddingham and Brett Goldstein and uh, Phil Dunster as Jamie Tart. And Jamie Tart is going to be kind of the, the focal point for this particular episode. A lot of the main plots for this particular episode really had a tendency to rely on 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 Jamie and what's going on with him. So I guess what we're going to do is we're going to talk briefly about the plot. I really don't want to spend 20 minutes talking about the plot and then and then just kind of meandering around. So I'm going to try to do this plot in five minutes and then we'll just see how everything's how everything goes from there. So we open the particular episode with Jamie Tart. He is on his reality TV show series lust conquers all and unfortunately for jamie he was booted he was sent packing and but you know he wasn't just a loser he was the loser in, in jamie's words and we learn a little bit about this because he is on a like a british morning television kind of like the today show or cbs this morning or one of those other shows and he's talking to the 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 female host i believe her name is holly basically this was just a game to him you know he he said i was just playing a game you know what I mean? Find the fittest girl there, have sex with her on the toilet, ask her to marry her. Strategy. And and of course, of course, the whole point of that scene is just to show Jamie still being his his creepy, arrogant, confident self, right? But we have a great, great turn in this, in in basically the first half of Jamie's arc in the whole the whole thing, because what we learn is that nobody wants anything to do with him. The, he he sees a video of the technical director of Manchester City saying that, hey, he's sorry that he got booted off that reality show and sorry, he's not coming back to Manchester City. And then the following scene, Jamie sees his agent and his agent continues on that nobody wants him. Like nobody, nobody in Spain, nobody in Germany, nobody wants him. And basically things are over for him. And he has this moment where he tries to give him a little, give him a little like family talk. And he says to him very, very sweetly, Jamie, you know, you're like a son to me. Now you're like a dead son to me, which means I love you even more, which that was just so good. When I really like think about it, it was probably like one of my like top five favorite lines from Ted Lasso all time. I, I just love that. You know, you're like a son to me. Now you're like a dead son to me, which means I love you even more. Just, just cold, right? So, yeah, things aren't going well for Jamie at all, right? So, in this, in the second act of this episode, he runs into Keeley, and they're having a conversation that you know he he's lonely and nothing is going well. Maybe he'd come back to Richmond. Maybe that would work for him. Keeley tells him, "Well, that's not between you and I. You're that's you're going to have to talk to Ted, right?" So, let's switch over a little bit before we talk more of an interaction between Ted and Jamie, let's talk a little bit about Ted. 
if you remember from last time, he's dealing with some a little bit of a tension in the workplace. There's new, there's a little new competition. Last week I mentioned uh, the doctor as kind of an antagonist. Now I don't mean mean that she's like the antagonist. I'm just saying she's just kind of like a, a negative force of of energy for Ted Lasso, right? So the 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 positive negative charge, right? So she's a bit of an antagonist for him, not necessarily a bad person or anything like that. In fact, she's probably going to help Ted in many, many ways. I don't know. I don't know. But so anyway, we continue along where Ted decides that he's going to break down that barrier. So he literally storms into her office and tries to, um, you know, break bread, if you will. He, he brings her his, his famous biscuits that he that he made for her or so we think we, he made for her but actually he made them for rebecca um which is really funny but so he tries to give them to her but of course she doesn't like sweets which startled ted and certainly startled me i don't i don't understand how, you, how can you not like sweets some people say they're either a sweet or a savory person you can either be one or the other i say fuck that i think you can literally like both sweets and savory i know i do but um this also does uh surprise ted and he has this really really great quip about what does he say to her he says oh i've never met somebody that doesn't like sugar i've only heard of them and they live in this godless place santa monica which was again just a perfect little ted zinger and nothing nothing from the doctor because of course humor is another thing that she i guess she doesn't necessarily appreciate but what she does do in the scene which is really really good is that she's able to break down ted she sees what he's doing which is you know, that, that golly gee, that, oh, shucks, you know, try to be friends with everybody. You know, it, it it's disarming and it's nice. And that's who he is. But when she says that to him, he's kind of taken aback because I don't even know if he necessarily knows that's what he does, uh, what he does, or if he was surprised that she caught on to it. I don't know. But that scene essentially ends with her telling Ted that she's going to sit in on one of their training sessions. So what's that going to mean? Don't know. So you've got, we talked a little Jamie. We talked a little Ted. Let's talk a little Roy Kent, right? So Roy Kent has another fun episode. We, he's still retired. He's still basically just coaching his under nines and Keely asks him, well, how's he going to spend his day? And he tells her that he's going to practice his four, four twos. Cause he's got this uh, little girl on his team. That's a fucking beast in defense. And then we get another wonderful Roy Kent gem where he says, and then he's going to make Keely cordon bleu because Nigella says, if you butterfly the chicken, it'll be more moist. Something that I don't think I ever, ever thought I would hear come out of Roy Kent's mouth. But yeah, so he's still coaching. And so we get that, that payoff where he is at the game. Unfortunately, the girls lose and he's trying to give them a, like their motivational speech and Roy still, you know, dropping F-bombs at the, at the little girls. And then he throws in their consolation trophies and yeah. So very, very funny, but it looks like the, the soccer season is over for that. So what, now what, what's he going to do? Cue the pundit gig, right? He's going to obviously get into that. So how does that scene kind of unfold? Well, he comes home after, after the game and he's talking to Keely, but he can't find Keely. She's nowhere to be found. And so he runs into the bedroom and he finds Keely in bed with her cell phone mm. and um, yeah, doing a couple things under, uh, under the sheets and he startles her and she throws her phone and he finds out what, you know, what was going on. And 
and he he looks at her phone. And apparently what turns Keeley on is Roy Kent's retirement speech in which Roy Kent is just kind of blubbering and crying like a, like a, like a kid, which startles, shocks, angers Roy, but also kind of fascinated. We also learn that Roy, what turns him on is uh, watching people do it in the woods because apparently he could never be that free. <laughs> now that scene closes out with Roy reluctantly agreeing that he's going to get into the pundit gig, right? So he's going to do that. So the next time we, we we see Roy, that's where he is. He's in the studio. He's getting ready to, to come on out. And this is where we get that shift for Roy. Like he comes out to... Um, Oh my God, uh, Sex Pistols, Anarchy in the UK, right? So he comes out to comes out to that. Now we've got this really, really great, great moment where he um, he's sitting in on on this uh, like the Sky Sports thing, and of course the guys on there those are real like, those are like real pundits. Uh, one of the guys I'll, I'll talk about them a little bit later, but we have that Roy fucking Kent. Uh, element back, right? He, he's getting passionate and he, he's telling, you know, he, he's talking about how the, the players were, they were, they were, they, how Chelsea were showing, I can't remember, showing Manchester United a little bit too much respect. And he started, you know, dropping F bombs and shit and things like that. And so, of course, he started trending. So, what do you know? Yeah, Roy fucking Kent is back. He, he, he's, he's got that spark again. And later on that night, he goes back to the, ho- uh, back to the house and he, is a little bit more rejuvenated and he, he gives, um, he gives Keely a, um, uh, a thank you present, if you will. Uh, if you've seen the episode, you know what I mean? So we're trying to keep this peachy, you know, I don't, I don't know how, uh, who, who's listening to this. So we're going to, we're going to try to keep it classy. So yeah, that, that's what, what's coming next for Roy. He's now he's doing the pundit gig and he's loving it and he's good at it. So great there. Now let's cycle back a little bit because we we finished up Roy's arc, but the two other main arcs in this particular episode, again, we talked a little bit about it, Jamie Tart, Ted Lasso, right? So Jamie finds Ted and they're talking about maybe Jamie coming back to the team. Ted essentially tells him, no, it's not, it's not a good idea. You know, it... But what is really important about that particular scene is we learn why Jamie self-destructed. And a lot of it comes down to his father and the immense pressure that his father put on him. And so he self-destructed and self-sabotaged himself, but he wants a redemption. You get that sense that Jamie wants to redeem and start over. But the scene ends with, with Ted saying, no, you know, we're, we're not going to, we're, we're not going to, we're not going to welcome you back. But because they're in the pub, you know, May's pub. I, I really don't know the name of the pub, so I just call it May's pub. You know, May, the the um, the the elder owner, bartender, woman, person, who fantastic actress, by the way, um, been around forever. Uh, Annette Badland. Anyway, moving on. So, in the pub, though, you have those three dudes that are always in the pub, and they take a picture of Jamie talking to Ted, and that picture makes a way across the internet. And it makes its way all the way back into the dressing room and Sam sees it and it really shakes him up. So we move into, because they all think that that means that Jamie's coming back to the club. So I I said, I was going to do this five minutes. I think I've been doing this recap for about 10 minutes. I'm basically going to do the whole thing almost as if you might as well just watch the show instead of listening to me. I apologize. Anyway, um, let me, let me try to speed up. So they think Jamie's coming back to the club, but we know that Ted told Jamie he wasn't going to come back to the club. 
Now, Ted spoke to the uh, the Diamond Dogs, right? Said, hey, you know, Jamie wants to come back. Should we let him come back? And the the Nays have it. So both both um, Coach Beard and Nate give thumbs down. Higgins gives a thumbs up. So they they also agree that welcoming Jamie back to the club, not a good idea. So now we're on the training session. The players don't know any of this, right? So what happens? Um, and then, of course, you've got the doctor like sitting in, and there's a really great sequence where the doctor is progressively getting closer and closer and closer uh, to, to Ted, and he's kind of like freaking out that, you know, she's moving closer and like kind of like cramping in on his style. But there's a there's a moment where Sam kind of snaps on Ted and they they leave the field and they they're in the the weight room and Sam opens up to to Ted that you know Jamie you know uh, they, he he's angry that Jamie's going to come back to the team you know Jamie was mean to to Sam Ted says I I I told Jamie no he's not coming back this made Sam feel a little bit better Sam opens up to to Ted that you know, he's, he, he, he's thankful that he's part of the club and not only that his father, Sam's father is happy that he's close to, to Ted. Now, I think that moment more than anything is where this light goes off in, in Ted, where he's thinking, Hmm, okay. All right. So he's putting some things together. Now that night, I think it was that night, Ted's leaving and he runs into the dock and the dock just from observing she believe it or not, you know, even though we talked about that level of antagonism, she gives him a little, a little positive uh, affirmation that, that everything that, that, that it's a positive work environment. Everybody's happy, which Ted thinks, all right, well, then everything's great. But then the doc says, well, is everything great if you guys can't win any games? So just kind of like dagger, sorry, boom, that's not good. And so now we get the final scene of the episode where it looks like there's an, a, like a, a jump in time because now there's like snow on the field and everything. So I don't think it was like literally the next day, but everybody we're back on, back on the field, everybody's practicing. And, and then within the office, you've got Higgins and Rebecca, who, by the way, is still working on her, her dating profile. And and the doc comes in and wouldn't you know it when we're back on the field, Jamie Tart strolls on out with his little hairband looking like Jack Graylish. Um, and you've got, what was that song? It was um, tear it up, tear it up by queen is playing on in the background and everybody looks a little surprised to see Jamie, except for obviously Jamie and Ted who almost has a little bit of a grin on his face now, Coach Beard is a little bit surprised. Nate looks a little bit surprised, but it looks like like Higgins and uh, Rebecca, and maybe even like the Doc, who Doc, you know, we can now call her Doc. They they all I don't know. They they kind of they weren't necessarily shocked, but that's what essentially happens. And so that's your episode in ten minutes. I apologize for rambling on. Overall thoughts? I thought it was another good, strong episode. I'd give it a, this one a B. I don't think it was as good as premiere, but I think there was definitely a lot of a positive things to take away and a lot of good, rich information to segue into the following episodes, which I guess is now going to lead me into my five burning questions that I've got. Question number one, has Jamie Tart changed his ways? 
are we going to see Jamie Tart 2.0 or with him back in the club, is he just going to resort to being Jamie Tart all over again? I don't know. I don't know, but I did want to do a little digging. So I found this, I, I found this interview with Phil Dunster, who is Jamie Tart. And this is um, Phil on Jamie for much of the first season. He was just an arrogant or selfish young man. But I think the more and more that we see those moments with Ted, we can see these little ch chinks in the armor and the light just starts to creep through. And that was, he was kind of talking about season one. So even though he was cocky and arrogant throughout the season, you can see those little chinks in the army, uh, in the, uh, in the armor. And regarding what's gone on with his, um, his rejection, his constant rejection, Phil says, it's interesting because I think Jamie probably never really has been an outcast He's probably always seen himself as maybe an outsider, but he's always had his talents and his bravado to hide behind. And he knows that will get him anywhere he wants to. Well, up until that point. So seeing him with his tail between his legs in the start of season two, we see the beginning of that evolution of maybe that's not enough. Maybe it's time to step away from this toxic masculinity. I think that we see very clearly that he needs to really put in the hard yards with people like Sam, with Colin, with Ted. So I think he is coming to terms with this different perspective that people have of him, which is probably the first time he's really ever listened to what anybody thinks. So that was interesting. Obviously, I think, you know, an actor isn't going to give necessarily spoilers away, but it's fun to get that insight of what, where their headspace is. And I do, I think we're going to have a bit, now I don't know how much of a redemption arc, but I think we're going to have some level of a redemption arc for Jamie this season. Because the this 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 series feels very like three act structure, and I think I think this particular episode you're gonna you're gonna see you're gonna see a turn you're gonna see a turn for Jamie. So, but that's my first burning question: Has Jamie Tart changed his ways? My answer is incomplete. I think you're gonna see elements of it, but I think Jamie's still gonna be Jamie. Just my thought. But him back in the team. My second question. What happens now with the rest of the team? Obviously, everybody, the positive energy is there. The results aren't. What happens now with Jamie coming back into the fold? Don't know. We'll have to see what happens in episode three, which is obviously out right now. For those that are curious, I have not seen episode three at the time of this recording. Hopefully, I will actually release my third recap before the release of the fourth episode, but we'll see. We'll see. So that's my second question. What happens with the rest of the team? I don't know. I don't know. My third question, this one's regarding Roy Kent. Now that he's a pundit for Sky Sports, what is going to happen when Roy has to discuss AFC and specifically Ted Lasso, right? Now, obviously, AFC Richmond, they're in the championship. They're not necessarily in the premiership, so they're level below. So realistically, Sky Sports wouldn't cover them that much, but you know it's coming. There's going to be a moment where, where Roy is going to have to talk about AFC Richmond and Ted Lasso. I'm curious to see how that's going to play out. Question number four, this one's a little bit funnier, uh, but is a man crying an actual sexual fetish? I don't know. I don't know. It is for Keely. It is Keely. It is for Keely. But I don't know. This one's for the female listeners. Is seeing a man cry attractive? Hmm. And then lastly, will we ever meet laughing Liam? 
which a uh, very, very small moment in the show, but that's when Higgins is in Rebecca's office and he, he explained why he's not going to go into a, somebody else's office because she's uh, this person shares an office with laughing Liam. And there's this great moment of them going, ah, 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 ah. and they're just very, very exaggerated to kind of look like the, um, um, Kyle's brother and uh, on uh, South Park, like the Canadians, right? Where like their jaws are not really connected. They just go, ah, ah, ah. Anyway, if you've seen South Park, I think you know what I mean. But anyway, uh, will we ever meet Laughing Nam? I don't know. That's 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 my burning question. Now, my Stamper Cinema is life quote of the week is by Jamie Tart. He goes, old people are so wise. They're like tall Yodas. And that was a reference to, to May, but also the Empire Strikes Back, which once again, we covered just a couple weeks ago. So anyway, I did. Uh, so but he was talking about May and I mentioned May briefly a little while, bit while. Ugh. So I mentioned May a little while ago. But can we talk about like how great she is? I mean, this is an actress that's been around for decades. I mean, from like radio to television to film. Uh, you may have seen her recently in Doctor Who or uh, EastEnders. Now. Admittedly, I've never seen EastEnders. The only thing I know about EastEnders is it's like a running gag on uh, Ricky Gervais's Extras, which was one of my favorite like all-time series that Ricky Gervais ever did. If you've never seen it, you have to you have to find it. I don't know if it's streaming on HBO Max or not, but that's where I found it. But Extras is so good. But they talk about EastEnders all the time on that show. It's so fucking good. Um, so that was in my Stanford Cinema is Life Quote of the Week pop culture reference there were a few there were a few so what did uh they referenced george harrison who's you know spoiler alert he's dead george harrison is dead sad if you just found out i mean of course george harrison's been dead for over 20 years so anyway um according to ted lasso the joshua tree is a real piece of work and we also learned that bernie mac uses cuss words the way van gogh uses yellows effectively. So there's uh, some of your pop culture references. Now, what did I learn? Mm, this is good. This is good. So in this episode, I learned that Ted's favorite book is what I learned is Ted's favorite book is the fountainhead. Um, somebody made a Twitter account for Ted's mustache and I can confirm that you can go on Twitter. There is a, a Twitter account for Ted's mustache. Uh, Roy Kent loves white orchids. And we also learned that Nigella says, if, you, if you're making cordon bleu, if you butterfly the chicken, it'll be more moist. Now, I didn't do what I learned last time, but what I learned in the first episode is Ted's favorite song by Jim Blossoms is Follow You Down. Um, Easter egg moments. Okay. All right. So there was a good Easter egg moment. George Cartrick, who played the... Um, the coach, the original AFC Richmond coach on the, the pilot episode of the first one, he returns and he's one of the pundits for Sky Sports. Um, obviously, George Cartrick is an, is an actor uh, played by um, Bill Fellows. I may have, in my, in my notes, I may have just gotten that backwards. Anyway, uh, George was the former coach of AFC Richmond. He returns now as a pundit for Sky and the actor that plays him is Bill Fellows. So a little, little running, not, not necessarily a gag, but a little throwback to that very first episode. Um, now, the other two guys on that Sky Sports sports um, segment, you had Chris uh, Kamara and Jeff Stelling. Now, do yourself a favor. Please YouTube Chris Kamara's best moments. The dude is 
just like notorious for just some really, really funny moments that he's had. And they're all available. There's like a good, like five, six, seven minute video clip of, uh, uh, Chris Kamara, just being Chris Kamara, Chris Kamara, and he's hysterical. So, uh, do that. Uh, my top five favorite moments before I wrap up number five. Well, I think I'm going to go with, well, I'm going to go with all three scenes between uh, Dr. Sharon and Ted Lasso. They were all really important. So you had the initial meeting where we learn a little bit about uh, Ted's ism to try to disarm people, the practice where the doc was progressively like creeping in on Ted. And then uh, lastly, the, the, the revelation that they, that they, that kind of like came to terms and, and then, that, that, I thought that that final shot, which or that final moment between them, where positive energy isn't necessarily the the way that's going to completely solve their goals, right? So that which kind of transitioned into Jamie Tart, right? So I'm gonna make that as kind of like uh, a broad number five. Number four, Roy fucking Ken is back, right? So the Sky, a Sky Sports scene where he's railing on uh, Chelsea. Love that. Uh, Roy with the girls is going to be my number three because I like that scene a little bit more. Him just talking to the girls about, about the fact that they lost and he, how he wanted them to burn that moment into their fucking brains, right? I love that. Number two, Laughing Liam. Again, that I, I want somebody to make that uh, like, a, like a gif. I know it's supposed to be said GIF, but I can't call it GIF. It's, it's a gift to me. It'll always be gift to me. Anyway, I want somebody to make the, the laughing Liam, um, GIF, basically Higgins laughing and Rebecca laughing and just that very exaggerated, exaggerated. Ah, 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 ah. That was hysterical. And number one, Jamie Tart with his agent again, you know, you're like a son to me. Now you're like a dead son to me, which means I love you even more. That that was the the highlight for me. So that was episode two, and thank you for allowing me the opportunity to ramble on at you for the past twenty plus or so minutes. Um, I'm going to log off. I'm now going to actually check on episode three. So we'll see you in a few days for the recap of that. I'm going to like I said, I'm going to try to have episode three out before the fourth episode drops, but we'll see. We'll see. I've got a busy week. Ooh, speaking of busy week, if I want to talk about the the normal pod, I've got a huge episode coming out. I think I'm going to release it on the 16th. So I think that's going to be August 16th, but be on the lookout for that one. It's probably my personal highlight of all my interviews. And I'm really, really excited to share with that one. I've been sitting on it for this particular date because it coincides with an anniversary of something. So not the show, but like a movie. So um, be on the lookout for that. I'm really, really excited about this interview, but as always, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Please tell your friends, tell them to listen, tell them to like, tell them to subscribe. You can do all that as well. And as always, please uh, locate me, find me, interact with me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and now, and now YouTube. So that is that. How am I doing? How are the, how are these solo episodes going? Hopefully they're somewhat engaging and I'm, I'm trying to not be a complete bore, but if there are ways that I can improve this, please let me know. I, w- I want to make these entertaining. You know, these are for you. I mean, they're a little for me too, but these are mostly for you. So if, if the content isn't good, or if there's something that you would like to maybe have me focus on or do something a little bit less, let me know, hit me up in the comments. Um, and as always on the Apple podcast app, if that's how you're listening, please leave a little comment and, and 
um, rate it five stars, five stars all the way. That's all I've got. We'll see you next time. Bye everybody. <laughs>